Welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Today, I take another page out of my notebook. Well, in this case, it's actually uh, out of an iBook that I wrote. And we're going to focus on creating a structure for your system. I think that every system needs a starting point, And we're going to focus on exactly how you get to the, the play that you're going to start to hang your hat on, that you're going to base things off of. I know there's a lot of different philosophies about this. You talk to a coach like Kevin Kelly, he says the one thing we hang our hat on is that we hang our hat on nothing. And he's a guy who adjusts and uses all kinds of different ways, but there's a method to his madness, and for him, that's a system. So uh, again, it might not fit into every system, but I think there's a lot to learn here. This has really been the culmination of years of learning from different coaches, of reading different materials. I know a big influence on what I've done really has been Tubby Raymond with his book, An Order of Football, The Delaware Wing Tee, as well as Homer Smith and all the manuals that he put together. Those guys were very detailed, not just on their X's and O's, but on how to put together a system. So we're going to talk today about that one specific thing, structuring a starting point for your system. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. So something I do all the time is go back through my resources. A book once read by me is, is never a book that just goes on the shelf. It's going to be something that I reference often. And in this particular one, I was going through my digital bookshelf and looking at some iBooks. And I came across one I put together, and it just reminded me of, of some of the importance of putting detail into things. And when I looked at the, the book that I wrote here on, on the iBooks uh, format, uh, it was about 180 pages, and within there, because it is dynamic content, I had several hours of video that detailed everything out. But I want to share today the idea behind that book and some of the things that I wrote about that I feel are very important. 
So when you go back to older systems such as the wing tee and the run and shoot, series football used to dominate offensive thinking. Each play as part of a series looked the same in backfield action and allowed for a progression in how the defense was attacked. It created a series or a sense of if-then. If one play was defended a certain way, then the next play in the series was the answer. When I look at our offenses today, I know we could get excited about all the information out there, and it can become a grab bag of football. So I do think you have to have a starting point for that. Series football is possible today in any offense if a linear way of thinking is set up. In the system we used while I was at the high school level, we made the stretch play more than just a base play for us. It was the starting point for our structure. As close as possible, all of our runs and play action passes were based off looking like a stretch in initial backfield action. The idea was to get the defense reacting a certain way, then develop plays off of that same look. If the defense stopped the stretch a certain way, then we had the answer in another play. As I went on to different levels and different programs, the method which we used might have been different, the plays we used might have been different, but the overriding principle is that we were going to start somewhere. Uh, people call it something that's your bread and butter play or something we're going to hang our hat on. Again, it was more than that. It was something that when we started to look at how the offense was structured, we wanted to make everything look like that play within that series. And we put our game plans together like that. I think a lot of what we did was very similar to what Dub Maddox is doing. He's certainly taken it to a different level. When you think about him starting with his rhythm plays, well, for us, that starting point was going to be essentially a rhythm play. We were going to find a way to do it no matter what. We'd find those formations. We'd find the personnel groupings. You know, we'd look at the defense of the opponent, and that's where we were going to start. We had to run that play and get that play going, and, and that was essential for us to establish our game plan. So we're going to call that play early and often, and uh, it's something I've, I've heard from several coaches. I could think to Mark Speckman, who is the godfather of the Fly series, and you know, he used to use the, the phrase sweep till they weep, right? He was going to start everything with that sweep play. Well, in this particular example I'm going to share today, we'll just focus on our use of the stretch play and how we built our starting point around that. I think the first part of this process is making sure that you have a system that is flexible enough to handle the things that you might need to do over the course of the season and more so, if you set it up right, it's going to be something that from year to year is going to handle the different fluctuations in personnel, the different skill sets you have. And it's important to, to study those kinds of things. So uh, initially, you have to look at your system. That's work you've done in the offseason. You looked at that. You said, is it time for a change? How do you move that along? How do you fit maybe some new ideas into your system? I think it's key that you take that inventory. Look at your philosophies first. What do you really believe in? I mean, if you believe in something, is it fitting with what you've set up in your system? Is it fitting with your personnel? I think personnel has to drive a lot of this. You have to have that flexibility from year to year to put your players in a position to win. So my suggestion is you take inventory, you list out all the different structural components that comprise your system, whether that's personnel, procedures, formations, and plays. Uh, you start to delineate and put together what are the, the components of that structure, and then look at how you're going to use those in this next year to optimize the personnel that you have. When I really solidified using this kind of philosophy within my offense was around 
2004 really became a big part of, of who we are and, and, and really myself as a coach as I moved forward through the different programs that I was a part of. Uh, and it started with a self-study. And in that particular off-season, we saw that we just didn't have anything we could hang our hat on. We had all kinds of tags. We had all kinds of things that I felt were causing some confusion. And, and overall, we couldn't find uh, an effectiveness in, in the way we were doing things. So we had to restructure everything. But I didn't want to throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. I wanted to think about a way, how can we continue on this path? How can we evolve? We didn't want to have to go and adopt somebody else's system and all this new terminology and essentially make everybody, including our coaches, freshmen in our program. So the postseason analysis certainly is important. And from there, you're going to use that to develop the philosophy. You want to take your personnel into account. Uh, You should Use that philosophy to, to define the style of play. What are you guys going to do? What, what kind of team are you? We wanted to be a physical running team. Uh, that was part of who we wanted. But at the same point, and when we were looking at the personnel we had, uh, we had a very athletic line, not necessarily the kind of guys who are road graders and going to push people vertically, but guys who could run and reach. And so for them, the stretch play fit very well. And then we had some key components for that play. We were primarily a 21 and 12 type of team we'd get into 11 every now and then but primarily 21 and 12 and so we had a really good fullback slash h-back type of guy who we could use either in the backfield or somewhere along the line of scrimmage as a tight slot or a wing Uh, we also had uh, a very good tight end who was going to be able to really hook any kind of nine technique we did see a lot of that at the time from our opponents so we had to be able to say do we have that guy who can get the edge for us we want to capture the edge ideally get the ball to the outside and so that's how we started that philosophy and we started to look at okay if if we use this what are the components we can add to build upon it so again it's it's all built on that idea of evolve build on what's there change is good but you have to have a go-to something that you're very comfortable with for us when we made this transition, we were not a zone team. We were not a stretch team at that point. We studied it up in the offseason, and I can tell you that early on, we kept a security blanket of plays. We didn't discard everything. We had a few things that worked well for us in the run game, so we did hold on to those because they were our most effective plays. But as we got into this, by year three, we kind of trimmed that down even more and became just more of a zone-focused team. We kept a few other things in there as tools, but primarily we were going to hang our hat on those zone schemes and, again, start with the stretch play. As I mentioned early on, we were going to find a way to run that play and start our offense with that play no matter what. So what it really required was that we had a formation system that would adapt from week to week, that we could look at our personnel, we could look at ways essentially in a stretch play, how we could get somebody outflanked, how we could get to that edge uh, by outformationing them in some instances. So we did have to look at the structure of our formations and make sure that It was something that was very learnable, that we can install it in August, in the summer. For for those of you guys out there who have already done it in the spring, you've you've probably put it in. But the idea was to make sure that was flexible enough to use. I didn't want to go into a Monday and present a new install in terms of terminology with formation. So we simplified that with um, what later became known as two components of it, our surfaces and our adjustments. 
and it streamlined it down from, I want to say, uh, somewhere around 60 words to really a set of about 18 words. And every player didn't need to know all 18 words, but we could get into anything there. So that was a key to this. In order to be able to use this play week in and week out was that we had a structure that supported it with our formation system. And in terminology in general, you, you want to streamline that. You want to make sure that it is very easy to learn. I feel that language is such an important part of what we do. We have a lot of coding within our systems that our players have to understand. And if you could do something that essentially takes the decoding out as much as possible, I think that becomes easier for the players to learn. Within that structure, we also looked at how we are going to move players and what players we needed to move, who needed to be able to use motion within our offense. And again, that was an area where we had all kinds of names for the different motions. And what we settled upon was a lettering system and then a number system across the ball, which uh, gave them points to move to. So we could say uh, a starting point. So it might sound like this. It could be rip six J seven. So the, the rip tells us the surface where the X, Y, and Z are. And the number tells us where we're going to place our slot receiver, which uh, became our J while I was at Baldwin Wallace. It was a jacket receiver because we were the yellow jackets and then it also moved uh, our speed back or our tail back as well. So the two, two numbers would put them essentially into an empty system. But that numbering system was used to place those guys as well as move any player who was off the ball. So again, the movement was an important part of it. We wanted to really decide who were we going to move the most. And we felt that while you know getting across and changing the structure of uh, the formation as far as the receivers and, and the spread portion of that, was important. It was even more important to move some of those interior guys uh, to move gaps across and change strengths. So that was going to be a big part of what we were going to do. And then the, the personnel worked into that as well. How were we going to use personnel groups? How are we going to define it? How are we going to get them on and off the field? When were we going to get them on and off the field became a big consideration as some of the rules around how tempo was used and change and how the game started to be slowed down by officials when you were changing personnel. So all those things had to be considered as we put together this structure. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www dot team m-o-f-o dot com slash demo and mention coach and coordinator podcast or use the coupon code cc10 to receive 10 percent off your first year so that gets us into the topic i really wanted to talk about was structuring that starting point play so many teams will talk about it. they use a set of base plays they think about uh, a group of plays that they're going to hang their hat on and go to often. But I think what's even more important is that those plays become interconnected. So think about a single concept as a starting point. What player concept within your existing system can serve that purpose? 
And are your existing plays better as complements or as the base play? I think if you say, oh, we have four or five things we hang our hat on, it, it starts to become a little bit difficult for, for a coach in his mind to say, okay, where are we starting our game plan this week? Where do we start our attack? What are we going to? What's the adjustments? So I think the more you can cut that down, the better. For us, it was one play. We were going to start with the stretch. And as we looked at the stretch play, then we structured everything else to start to look like that play initially. So if we were running our inside zone, as an example, we wanted that tailback initially to start that first step and his shoulders, the way they pointed to look like he was going to go on that stretch play. And then we were coming downhill on the inside zone. And for us, it was it was really, we would run it, depending on the front is how the play looked. It could be either something that was more like a tight zone play or something like a mid zone play, depending on where we saw the first man past uh, the A gap was the guy we were going to run off of. So we started to look at that. Again, everything started to look like that particular play. And because we were getting the defense to move, to stop the stretch, to align to stop the stretch, to think about stopping the stretch, the other things serve very well as complements for us. So that starting point play serves as part of the structure of the offense as everything else is set up, up off of it. And it provides a logical progression for using the complements based on how the defense is aligning or reacting. Some teams do that in a series with one play as the starting point for the series, and then the backfield action serves as the basis for that starting point play. I do think that's a very effective method um, but for us, we just took it to the, to the step of it was going to be one play that started the entire system for us. Now, the other thing we really looked at as we were putting this together was how do you defeat defensive principles and structures? If you're, you've been listening to the deep dive on defense, those guys talk about why they've put together certain structures, why they're running their coverages certain ways, why they're running their front certain ways. So defense in general has principles upon which it operates. And you need to know what defenses are set up to work and defeat those principles. You need to know what you must do to make your starting point play work against every defense. That was a big part of our game planning. We weren't going to say, oh, we can't run this play this week. We were going to find a way to get it started and then build off of that into our game plan. Again, like I said, go back to uh, the Dubmatics R4 game planning podcast. I'll put it in the show notes. I, I think that's just a tremendous way of thinking about it. It does take it beyond this to another step, but I think if you're, again, looking at something to get you guys going, I think this is a good start as, as structuring it this way. Again, going back to the defense, um, know what you must do to make that starting point play work and make the defense expose something in order to stop your starting point play. If we could get them overshifted, for example, we knew that maybe coming back with an inside zone play or uh, initially we had a trap play or a counter play in there back to the other side would give us a numbers advantage if they aligned to do something to stop our stretch play. And we would create movement principles around that too. A lot of our game plan you'd see, especially early on, a lot of shifts and motions to get the defense out of position and then to hit them in certain areas. And as we got good at it, we were able to give some of that stuff to our quarterback and say, hey, when they do this, you check to this. And it was, again, very simple because it all started with that stretch play. So formations, personnel, and movement should allow you to find ways to defeat the principles and the structure of the defense. So as you're putting this together, um, from an evaluation of your existing structure, can you identify that starting point 
or establish a new one. I do think you have to look at that from season to season and look at your skill sets. I know eventually we evolved to having a guy who was much better at running the inside zone and a team that was much better at blocking the inside zone than it was the stretch. So in that particular year, a lot of the focus then shifted around how are we going to run that inside zone play and establish that. And when we learned the system, essentially we were taught that it starts with inside zone and the stretch comes off of it. But that didn't fit for us, right? That was something that when we evaluated it, when we looked at what we had, especially the guy who was going to carry the ball 20 to 30 times a game, that guy was set up to be a great stretch runner, and then we could do other things off of it. And then all the other guys who fit into that, the offensive line, the tight end, the fullback, those guys were well-suited to do that as well. So have a philosophy for how that play is going to work and then have that plan to attack every defense. When you can go into a Saturday and say, okay, how are we going to run this play? I think it's much easier than going in and saying, all right, where do we start this week? So uh, think about that. What can you do to start to structure your offense around that single concept? As you start to put together your game plan then, you look at and start those if-then scenarios. So here's what we expect against this certain formation to stop this certain play if they do this what's our answer you know you might find it in the passing game I know what we did was to use four verticals as a component to protect our running game then when we started to see those one high structures becoming very aggressive we knew we could hit a seam or something there and then play action certainly was a big part of it too Uh, in structuring everything again to look like one particular run Uh, the play action becomes very deadly if you're really good in the backfield. If you are doing a great job and you've put into your system, into your philosophy, that everybody has a job in carrying out those fakes as well. I think back to one we did in uh, late 2018 with one of the first state champs from Alaska, Galen Brantley, and what they did to really get the fakes out of their offense was incredible. I'll put a link into that. He had a method for that as well as an evaluation system that I think was great. And really, when I look at anything we would want to do in the run game, it was going to be built on that kind of philosophy that fakes were a very important part of what we did. I didn't want a quarterback, for example, just handing off and watching the play. I needed him to stress the defense and be able to see from upstairs was, was that end or was that perimeter player over there respecting uh, the play action or the naked off of that. So again, a big part of what we would do within that structure in game planning. So you put together your game plan in that method. I'm not going to go into the details of that. I I do think you could listen to, again, dubs and get a lot out of that. Uh, We have a number of game planning uh, podcasts. We have a best of in there that I'll link in here as well. Uh, But again, the, the purpose is to get you thinking about that one play that you could start to structure things around here as you're looking at going into the summer and putting together your install plan. As far as putting things in together together in camp, again, that would start the install plan. Uh, you would look at what's the, the starting point play. I know it's something Noel Manzoni and I discussed a couple weeks ago when we were talking about installation plans. Uh, check those in our show notes as well. That's where you want to start. If that is your most important play, it goes in on day one. And it's going to be a big part of what you install because, again, everything is built off of it. When I look at our zone dive play, a play we put in to come off of that, when we learned it, the team we were learning this system from would run a fullback zone dive play. 
and then fake option off of it, which I thought was for us a little bit silly because we were never going to run the option. So we didn't just say, okay, well, we learned it this way. We're putting it in. What we did then was we adjusted the backfield action behind that to simulate the stretch play. So out of 21, we had that fullback taking the ball and and running a, a real quick hitting zone play off of the first covered lineman in the backfield off of that we had our tailback timing up a mesh with uh, the quarterback on what looked like a stretch play and I'll, I'll throw up a video on here because we did that so well there were times when we'd see two three four players on the defense still running to stop the stretch yet we were able to to with a, a nice sleight of hand give the ball to the fullback and let him do his thing inside and end up with a big gain. And I'll, I'll try to find that and put that in our show notes as well, just to point out uh, how we would start to structure around one play. The practice structure starts to work around this as well. So focus on the details needed for execution on game day. Drills should be the practice of techniques and scenarios that you're going to use on game day. And again, that start to build around the starting point, build around all the different things you're going to do. And that then goes into a mix of your individual periods, your group periods, your team periods. So you want to build that practice plan in a very detailed way that you're covering all those components, that you're working all the things that you need to. Again, there's all kinds of great drills out there. There's guys who write drill books that are volumes honestly, I don't think that's a ton of value to you. You might get a few things out of there, but really, what do you need on game day, and how can you reverse engineer that into some drills? Drills, to me, are something that just work on certain components or a few components that do it in an efficient way. Some of the best stuff we do that is game-like is to go out there and go 11-on-11. The problem with 11-on-11 is it takes a lot of setup. It takes a lot of planning, you're not going to be as efficient as getting the refs because there's so many moving parts. So drills focus on the key components that you're going to use on game day. They simulate some of the situations you're going to see, the different scenarios. As we started to look at this and look at our stretch play, what we really determined, and there were four things that were going to happen for that tailback. So we structured all his drills for the stretch around those four scenarios, and we'll work them all the time and put in things that Uh, Andy Ryan likes to call VDA or vision decision action components to it. So it wasn't just a play where we were going out and, you know, simulating one thing. We were going to have to make decisions along the way. I think that's a sound way for building your offense, a sound way for building a game plan and practice plan and incorporating all those things together. So there's an overview. I know uh, I talked about several topics here. like I said, I covered all those things in, in detail with video as well in my, my iBook that I had put together for you and what you're doing right now. You know, think about all the things that you brought back to the table this offseason that you really liked. Uh, I'm sure you found a lot of great concepts that could fit for your offense. But where are you going to start? What are you going to hang your hat on? If you can make that one play and then start to build off of that and think about how how all these different components of attack start to fit into it, it's going to streamline your thought process as a coach. It's going to make you better as a play caller on game day because you know all the if-then scenarios. You know exactly where you want to go, and you've built it that way rather than having that grab bag of plays. That's truly what builds a system is that it is interconnected. It is a network of all those mini systems as well. So 
Uh, best of luck to you. If you have any questions on this, uh, please reach out. Twitter is the best, at Coach K Grabowski. And if you're enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes and click a five-star rate. If you have a minute, write a review. We appreciate it, and it really helps the podcast.